Welcome to the teaching ministry of Rev. Daryl Baker, pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship. Pastor Baker is fulfilling the call of God on his life to preach the Word of God without compromise. Raising up disciples who through faith in God will have a powerful impact on our world. May you be blessed through the message that Pastor Baker has to share with you today. May God's very best be yours. Romans chapter 8. I'm going to help all of you that are here today to understand the most significant key in this series and the most significant thing in your life that has the greatest impact in your life every day. You can't name of one thing more important than what we're going to talk about today that will impact your tomorrows. It is literally what Scripture tells us over and over and over again. It's what brought the world into existence, the world in which you live now. It's what brought you and me into existence. It's what brought everything God wanted into existence, into existence. And it still works today. It's a spiritual law, and it's something you and I are already living by. We may not realize it. We just may not be taking advantage of it on a positive note. But in Jesus' name, we're going to make sure we're doing that. Amen? Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Let's read our verses here. 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, also helps in our weaknesses, where we lack ability, lack understanding. We have a helper called the Holy Spirit. In these set of verses, how does he help us? For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, or communicate with God as we ought. Prayer is communication with God. We don't know for the we don't know of the very things that we should communicate to God as we ought, but the Spirit does, and He can help us. Say He helps me. The Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because He, the Holy Spirit, again makes intercession for us, the saints. According to the will of God. How many of you want to see the will of God done in your life? Yes. So the Holy Spirit is here to help us see that happen. 28. And we know because of this, what he just said, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. 29. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. He predestined you and me to be conformed to the image of His Son, look like Jesus, walk like Jesus, talk like Jesus, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Verse 30, Moreover whom He predestined, these He also called. Whom He called, these He also justified. Whom He justified, these He also glorified. Love verse 31, Then what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, say He is. Say, he is. If God is for us, question, who can be against us? He, verse 32, who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he, God, not with him, Jesus, also do what? Freely give us all things. How could God not freely give us all things if he, his son, was delivered up for us all? Guess what? It is through what his son did that he will freely give us all things. So let's learn about how we can walk in this understanding of what verse 28 talks about. All things working together for good. So the and phrase, of course, ties it back to what was said in the, in the previous two verses, 26 and 27. So I'm going to give you today all three things that these verses teach us of what we need to apply to see all things work together for our good. Do all things just automatically work together for our good? No, they don't. How do all things work together for our good? Number one, you got to pray in the Spirit. Yes. Got to pray in the Spirit. The reason the devil fights so hard against churches like ours about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, praying in the Holy Spirit, is because, listen, Jesus doesn't want you to be limited in what God has for your life, but the devil does. And he just told you, we have a weakness. We don't know everything. We don't know everything God wants to bring about to pass in our life, but he's given us a helper to help that happen. But without the use of the helper, you're going to miss out on a lot of stuff God wants for your life because you don't know everything. Tell your neighbor, you don't know everything God wants in your life. And guess what? We've already seen this. We've already talked about this in detail. Everything that God has for you is what? What is it? 
It's good. It's proven through the Bible. So understand, you and I, number one, need to be praying in the Holy Spirit. Why? Because as we're praying in the Holy Spirit, verse 27, he is praying according to the will of God. Everything comes to pass through words spoken, believed in the heart. Don't forget this law, Mark eleven twenty three. Jesus said, anything you believe in your heart and speak in your mouth, you will have whatever you say. Jesus said it. Jesus didn't say you would just have whatever you say. He said, whatever you believe in your heart and speak, you would have. So if we would believe in the promises of God and speak them, guess what we can do? We can have them. But there's things that God wants to do in our life we don't even yet know about that the Holy Spirit does. The more we pray in the Spirit, we are projecting already through us, God speaking through us, what God wants to bring to pass in our life by speaking forth the Word of God. The Holy Spirit speaking forth through you is speaking the Word of God. Amen? Amen. What is God's will? So number one, we need to pray in the Spirit if we want to see all things work together for our good. You don't realize when you're praying in the Spirit how the devil even tries to set things up against you, God knowing it. And by the Holy Spirit can avert much of that. By you praying in the Spirit, He is already speaking through you against even the works of Satan that would try to hinder you or keep you from walking in what God has. So God is already doing a work through you supernaturally to see all things work together for good when we do what? Pray in the Holy Spirit. This is why we need to be what? Baptized in the Holy Spirit. As we've shared this little book with you before, how to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Once you're born again, you want to get immersed in Him. Amen? Amen. Number two, verse 28, he said, And we know that all things work together for good to those who what? Love God. So we talked about this last Sunday morning. Number two, you got to do what? Love God. If you love God, Jesus told us over and over again in the Gospel of John and in 1 John, He told us time and time and time again, if you love me, what will you do? You're going to do what I say. You're going to keep my word. You're not going to look at what my word says and deny it, keep doing what you want to do. Anybody ever tells you they've heard from God and they're doing what God told them to do and it's contrary to the Bible, guess what you just found out? They didn't hear from God. We talked about this Friday night in our men's meeting, understanding the total man. How can I know if something's of my spirit man, born, the born again part of me, or of my soul? Does it line up with the Bible? Because if it don't line up with the Bible, it ain't from God. So realize, number two, we got to love God. And to love God means I do what the Word says. Isn't it pretty obvious? If I want all things to work together for good, how's that going to happen if I'm not doing what God said? How is God going to work all things together for my good if I'm not doing the things God said I need to do to see that happen in my life? So number two, we need to obey the commands of God. Do what the Word of God says. we got to love Him. In essence, you and I know, as we talked about last week, loving God, as Jesus said, is doing what He said. So number two, got to love God. Say so you got to love God. Now notice the third one. I want to get into this one today. He said, all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are the, underline it, called according to His purpose. Called according to His purpose. Purpose here means plan. Plan. God's plan. So I'm going to read this to you in a different translation by giving you the third key from this different translation of what the Greek language explains there a little better. Ready? This is number three. How many want to see all things work together for good? Amen. Number three, you got to live according to God's plan. You got to live according to God's plan. Two, you love God. You got to obey His commands. But then three, you got to live according to His plan. You got to live this way. You got to live this out the way God set it up for you to live it out. And the way God set it up for you to live it out is through words. Through words. You're not going to walk in God's plan without doing something about your words. So realize in relationship to walking out God's plan, that's going to take you doing something about the words coming from your mouth. Go to James chapter 3. I'll show you. James chapter 3. We're not going to live out God's plan and therefore see all things work together for good if we don't do something about the things we're saying. And that's why in the very start of this series a few weeks ago, I told you the most significant thing we're going to talk about all through this series is the importance of your words. Again, you cannot name one thing in all of the Bible that will have more of an immediate and long-term impact on your life than your words. Can't name one. Because honestly, all through Scripture, you're revealed in context of this very truth, this very aspect of what we see in the Bible, of this truth, that it affects your outcome in life. 
It affects what you're going to walk in. Well, if we want all things to work together for good, that means we've got to do something about what we're saying or we're not going to see that happen. Again, because of the spiritual law of Mark eleven twenty three that I'm not turning to today, what if I believe in my heart that I'm sick, that I'll always be sick, and I keep saying that? Jesus said, if you believe it in your heart, you speak it with your mouth. Jesus said, he said, you'll have whatever you say. Well, if I want good to work into my life, how many of you know I'm going to have to get the Word of God on my mouth? And i got to believe it in my heart and speak it with my mouth. And if I do, it will come to pass. According to this spiritual law. Wednesday night went right along with this uh, series about making and keeping your profession. So I want you to see this in James chapter 3. We're going to look at uh, about half of this uh, chapter here and understanding the power of this word's uh, effect on our life. Uh, James chapter 3 verse 2. For we all stumble, we all stumble or make mistakes in many things. If anyone, say anyone. So this refers to all people. If anyone does not what? Underline this. Stumble in word. Stumble in word. To stumble means to falter, to miss the mark. In the case of words, you're saying the wrong thing. You're saying stuff you shouldn't say. He said, if you will not stumble in word, watch this. He's a perfect man. Now the word perfect means mature. How many of you want to live as a mature believer? Yes. Or how many of you want to live as a baby believer? Mature. How many of you want to live as a mature believer? Yes. Or how many of you want to live as a baby believer? <laughs> baby believers will not walk in all that's good. Baby believers will get, obviously think, get uh, things taken advantage of in their life by the enemy because they lack understanding. Right? The Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. So know the, know to the, note this, he who does not stumble... Make a mistake in what he says. Watches his words. He's a perfect man, a mature man. Listen to this. Underline it. Able to bridle the whole body. Able to bridle the whole body. Able to bridle the whole body. The body's just a slave. The body does whatever the soul tells it to. So if you want to walk out the pathway that God has for you, your body's going to be involved in taking you through that. And to realize that you and I can acknowledge this in the Word of God and take the power of this into our life and start applying it means if we start doing something about controlling our words, what do we start controlling? The outcome of our life. The outcome of what happens in our life. In verse 3, he goes on to say, as an example, indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may do what? That they may do what? Why do you put a bit in a horse's mouth? That they would obey you. And they do what? Turn their whole body. They do what you direct them to do. Then he used another example. Verse 4, look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they're turned by what? What are they turned by? A very small rudder. It's not the wind that's determining where they go. In life, you're going to face all kinds of oppositions and winds in life. But it's the actual rudder in your body that's determining where you wind up going. Notice again, he said, even though these winds are fierce and they're driven by these winds, they're turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. So this use of an example of a bridle and an actual uh, rudder on a ship are now actually equated to the tongue. Verse 5, even so. Or in like manner. In like manner, the tongue is a little member. In all of your body, it's one of the smallest parts. Right? It's not the smallest part, but it's one of them. Again, even the tongue is a little member, and it boasts what? Great things. Now this phrase, see how great a forest a little fire kindles. In other words, I guarantee you what, man? A forest fire begins not because of a great Falling of like a ball of fire. A forest fire begins because of a cigarette butt thrown out, a match struck and left unattended. Uh, All it takes is one little spark. And if you let that thing go, guess what happens? It starts going off and all of a sudden creating this massive fire. I've shared this with you many times when I was a little kid. At one point in my life, like about six, five, six years old, I got fascinated with fire. 
and I would take, you know, uh, the old matches that you could just strike on, you know, a hard surface and light them, and I would take those matches from home, and I would take them with me to school, and I'd light matches, you know, and watch them burn and throw them down. And one time I was down at my grandparents' house, a pretty dry summer, it was in Montana, there was a big field next to their house. I'm out there in the middle of that field, and I'd light that match, and I'd throw it down, I'd watch it start burning, I'd stamp it out. And then I'd light it and I'd throw it down. I'd let it get a little bigger and then I'd stamp it out. And one time I lit it and threw it down there and I couldn't stamp it out. And it took off. And, it, and man, I went running to my grandpa's house. Grandpa, 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 there's a fire next door. Thankfully, he got up there with a hose in time and put it out. Now, guess what? My grandparents never knew I started that fire. <laughs> I lied. Human nature never wants to take account, right? I, I said a car drove by and I saw somebody flick a, flick a cigarette out. Man, I never got caught for that. Never did. I finally fessed up to my parents, but I never got caught for that. But realize that started taking off and the next thing I know, I couldn't control it. That's your words. I said, that's your words. You start speaking these little words out your mouth and before long, guess what? You can't control it. And this stuff gets out of control in your life. But you can do it in a positive manner. Where good can overtake you. Where you can't, it's so good, you just can't even control how much goodness is coming over you. That's a good thing. I said, that's a good thing. So again, notice he says here, verse 5, this tongue is a little member. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. All he's saying is, your tongue produces powerful results. Your tongue produces powerful results. Now, if that's true, and it is, and we believed it, and we should... How vital would we deal with our tongue on a daily basis? How much would we wake up to the reality? I need to be doing something about my words every day. Amen. Verse 6, tongue is a fire. It's a world of inequity because it's a part of the old fleshly body and therefore, in essence, tied to your soul and the fleshly nature. If you don't deal with something in relationship to this tongue, it's not going to come out good. It is a world of inequity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles. It defiles. That word defiles means it contaminates the whole body. And it's set on fire. Listen, and it sets on fire the course of nature. It sets on fire the course that my life takes. The course that my life goes. It's, you're, you're living today in your words from your yesterdays. All of us are. Because your words are setting on fire the course that your life is taking. Verse 6, last part. And the tongue is set on fire by what? Hell. Hell. Its origin is, is demonic because of the fleshly nature. That's why the Bible says there's nothing in your flesh that's good. Right? That's why you're supposed to be spirit ruled. Spirit dominated once you're born again. So this is important to understand. If my tongue is set on fire by hell, pastor, what do I need to do? Read on. Seven, for every kind of beast and bird of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. Or in other words, all these different types of animals that have existed on the planet, man has learned different ways in which to control them. Man has learned in different ways in which to be able to obviously put them under their control. Eight, but no man can do what? Tame the tongue. Can't do it on your own. No man of yourself without what you need to do with the Word of God could tame the tongue. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. So you cannot do it just by having own, your own carnal knowledge, own carnal understanding of the things of, God, of uh, life. You need God's help. Yes, I said you need God's help. Nine, with this tongue we bless our God and Father and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude or in the likeness of God. Verse 10, out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. For the believer, we should not be speaking blessing and cursing. And realize if you're speaking cursing, you're speaking things contrary to the word. What are you doing? What are you doing? You're cursing your life. God's not cursing you. God's not here to curse you. You listening? You're cursing your own life by your words. But we can be a blessing to our own life by our words. And all things can work together for our good. Can I get a better amen? Notice this. He goes on to say, verse 11, 
uh, or verse 10 again, out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. So for a believer, that shouldn't happen. A believer should understand and learn about the power of their words and do what's necessary to change this so we're speaking blessing over our life. Verse 11, does a spring, so now he gives some understanding of what we got to do to deal with this. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Now where's a spring? Underground. Where's your spring? Inside you. And he's saying a spring underground, obviously you go to where that opening of that spring comes up out of the actual ground. How many ever drank spring water before that came up out of the ground? Does that spring send forth bitter and, and uh, fresh water from the same opening? No. No, a, a, a spring brings forth what? Fresh water. Notice this. Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. So what he's saying is you got to go to the source of where these words are coming out of. If you don't go to the source of where these words are coming out of inside of you, you won't change your words. So realize what we've got to do is we've got to change what is on the inside of us to change what's coming out of our mouth. And again, James is telling me and you, if we want things to work together for good, how many want blessing your life, not cursing? In essence, the, the fact is, obviously, there's an enemy, and he's trying to curse us. So some things happen in this life that certainly weren't things that you may have necessarily spoke. It could have just because of the fall happened with stuff that's gone on in the earth. But realize this, you have the ability to curse your life or bless your life. God wants you to bless your life. God wants things to work out for good. So you got to live according to, number three, his plan. How do I live according to his plan? I deal with my words. Because my words are the most powerful thing that's going to affect my life moving forward. Amen. Proverbs 13. <clears throat> Proverbs 13. I really honestly wish somehow we could relate to, you know, believers how significant and how powerful and how critical your words are. Because I will promise you it is words that destroy relationships. It is words that destroy finances. It is words that destroy health. It is words that destroy aspects of what God wants to bless your life with and obviously causes cursing instead. God is desiring for things to work out for your good, but to do that, you got to do this according to his plan. His plan, change your words. Amen. Change your words. If you do, you'll start walking in what's good. Amen? Amen. Proverbs chapter 13, lots of scriptures and Proverbs about your words. Let's look at a few. Proverbs 13, verse 2. A man shall eat well. How many want to eat well? Now, eat well here doesn't just mean physical food. It's just talking about live a good life. He'll live a good life. He'll experience a good life. He'll be a partaker of that which is well, that which is good. Notice this. A man shall eat well. How? Say it out loud. Is everybody in Proverbs 13, 2? That's three of you, so the rest of you must not be in Proverbs 13. Are you in Proverbs 13 too? Yes. A man shall eat well. Tell me how. What's coming out of his mouth. If you want to eat well, if you want things to go well with you, guess what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to obviously get some good fruit coming out of your mouth. Right? Yes. Not uh, thorns and briars, but figs. Amen. Not bitter water, but fresh. If you want to eat well, if you want things to go well in your life, you're going to have to deal with the fruit of your mouth, what's coming out of your mouth. Notice this, but the soul of the unfaithful feeds on violence. The soul, mind, will, and emotions, where all this stuff gets stored up, the soul of the unfaithful, underline it. The soul of the unfaithful, 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 feeds on what? Violence, things that aren't good. Things that are detrimental, things that are harmful. Who are the unfaithful? They're not showing up to church. They're not walking with God. They're not faithful in their relationship with God. They're not faithful with the Word of God. They're not faithful in their prayer life, etc., etc., etc. If you're not faithful in the things of God, you're going to wind up with violence. You're going to wind up with cursing. You're going to wind up with bad things in your life. But you don't have to. I said you don't have to. Come on, somebody. All I got to do is do what? Store up in my soul that which is good by being faithful. 
So if you're not faithful in addressing what you got to do to change your words, this won't work for you. If you're just going to hear a sermon and go home, say, well, that was a pretty good message. I'm just going to keep on feeding on what I'm feeding on, doing what I'm doing, saying what I'm saying. Then why did you come to hear this message? Don't you want all things to work together for good? Then I'd get serious about applying the word of God. Because you're going to eat well based on what? The fruit of your own mouth. You don't eat well based on whether you were raised in in a high society form of family or a low society. That has nothing to do with it. You can eat well no matter how you were raised. Aren't you glad? It's not based on what I had brought up in my family. I can change it anytime I want. Verse 3, watch this. He who guards his mouth does what? Now to guard his mouth means he's paying attention to what he's saying. And he's guarding against saying things that he knows is destructive. If you guard your mouth, what are you doing? You're preserving your life. You're saving your own life. You're protecting your own life. But notice this. He opens wide his lips shall have what? What will he have? Are we supposed to say things? Yes. But opening wide your lips means you speak without even thinking about it. You just say whatever you want to say, whatever comes to your mind. Well, let me give you a piece of my mind. You probably ought to stop doing that. (laughs) Right? You probably lost enough of it already. And I'm telling you, when you talk about he who does not again, he who does not guard his mouth opens his lips wide. What's he doing? He's just speaking whatever his flesh wants to speak. If you're just going to say whatever your flesh wants to say, what's going to come out of it? According to James 3, what's going to come out of it? I'll tell you what's going to come out of it. Evil. Your tongue is an unruly evil. If I let come out of my mouth, whatever my mouth wants to say, it ain't going to be good. So you and I have to do what? We have to learn to put a guard on our mouth, and we have to learn to make sure the fruit coming out of it is good if we want to live a good life. If we want all things to work together for good, we got to start doing something about changing the fruit of our mouth. I want you to go to Proverbs 18. I know you know this one. Go to Proverbs 18. Turn there if you would. Proverbs 18, 21. I know you've heard it many times. Death and life are in the power of what? I want you to circle or highlight or make a note of somehow the word power and then make a, a drawing of that word power to the word tongue. Because what he's saying is your tongue has great power. Your tongue has great power. Every individual's tongue has great power. So powerful, what's it bringing forth? It's bringing forth death or it's bringing forth life. If you're walking in death, not walking in the kind of life God wants you to have, it's not because of God. God's been blamed for all of eternity from the fall, for all of the death and destruction and badness that people go through. But it ain't God's fault. It's what people are saying. Well, I sure wish God would help me. Well, he has. He's given you his word. He's given you his principles to live by. He's shown you how to make it work, but he can't do it for you. Amen. Amen. Death and life is in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Loving it means they are doing it consistently. If they're speaking death consistently, they obviously believe in it. Well, guess what's happening? They're going to eat that fruit. But if they love life, if they love God, they're faithful to God. They're faithful to the things of God. Come on, their soul is faithful. Guess what they're going to experience? Life. They're going to eat the fruit of life. What fruit do you want to eat? Because eating fruit means what you're partaking of as you go forward in this life. And if you want to partake of what God has for you in your future, how many know you again? You're going to have to do something about your words. So realize this, James 3 is saying, you and I cannot, like an animal, trust our tongue. And obviously, even in relationship to an animal, most people would understand this. Well, I know some have tried to tame animals, and animals have turned on them. He's referring to those that they have tamed, brought under their control. I mean, come on, Kathy and I have had dogs that we could trust and never even thought about them hurting us. That's an animal he's talking about. But you know what? You better not do that with your tongue. Better not turn your back on your tongue. Why? No man can tame the tongue. No man can tame it. Meaning what? I don't ever just allow my mouth to spout off and say what it wants. I got to do what the Bible teaches me to make sure the proper words that God wants out of my mouth are coming out. And if I'm speaking life, what am I going to reap? Life. Luke, go to Luke. 
chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. And it's so critical we understand this as believers and do something daily about what we're speaking and saying over our life and even over others. Because your words obviously affect you more than anything, but they can also affect your environment. Now realize a lot of people say, well, but does that mean what other people speak over me can affect me? Not if you don't believe it. The reason your words can affect others is because if they believe what you say, guess what they're going to do? Start speaking it. You know, a lot of people get nervous even when, you know, those of the demonic world, you know, witches or you know, warlocks or whatever, say, I'm going to speak a curse over you. Can they? No. Can they? They can speak a curse over you. Can they put one on you? No. You know why? God says, you can't curse what I've blessed. God says, you're blessed. Well, how in the world do these people get affected by curses? They believe them. And if they believe them, they start speaking them. And if they start speaking them, guess what happens? It comes to pass because your words allow it to happen. There's not a person on the planet that can curse what God has blessed. Amen. I love what Brother Hagin used to say because he had one time at a meeting, a big uh, conference they were doing. There were some people there that didn't like the things he was teaching. Isn't it amazing? People get mad about you teaching about healing. People get mad about you teaching that you can be healed and made whole. That you can walk by faith and not by sight. That you can experience what God has for you. And people get mad about it. And there was people who literally came to him and said, Now, Brother Hagin, he said, I'm going to tell you right now, you want to be careful what you're saying. Why? All because this so-called prophet over here has said, I'm going to put a curse on him. You know what Brother Hagin said? I double dog dare him. <laughs> he said, Brother Hagin, quiet. Don't, don't be saying that, man. He's already said he's going to put a curse on you. Hey, bring him over here. Come on, have him come over here. Number one, he ain't no prophet. He ain't no true prophet. Prophets don't go around cursing people. Balaam tried that and found out it don't work. That's right. You can't curse what God has blessed. No. And number two, you can't put a curse on somebody God has blessed. And these guys said, oh, I don't know. We know he's cursed other people, man, and bad stuff's happened to him. You know why? They heard it, believed it, and they started speaking it. Luke chapter 6. In Luke chapter 6, so remember James talked about the tree, Right? Couldn't have a fig tree bring forth thorns. Well, notice this. Here's another reference to what that actually was talking about in the book of James from Jesus' own words. Luke 6, 43. For a good tree, say a good tree. A good tree does not bear what? Bad fruit. Nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Now, in this case, what's going to make the tree good or bad? What's inside it? What's inside it? 44. For every tree is known by its own fruit. Every tree, what's inside it, is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. Verse 45, a good man out of what? A good man out of what? So what makes in this context somebody good? Or in essence, what is it that will help them to walk in that which is good? They have a good treasure in their heart, in their inner being, in their inner man. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what? Good. But an evil man out of the evil treasure, what he treasures up in his heart, brings forth what? Evil. Underline it. For out of the abundance of his heart, his mouth speaks. Say it. Out of the abundance of his heart... His mouth speaks. Now, notice what he says right after this. So he literally tells us, whatever is in your heart in abundance, and you speak with your mouth, all right, it's coming out of your mouth because you did what? You put it in there. In abundance, that's what you put in. Verse 46, why do you call me Lord, Lord? But you don't do the things I say. Whoever comes to me, and here's my sayings, and what? Does them. I'm going to show you whom he's like. He's like this man who built a house, who dug deep and he laid the foundation on what? What did he lay his foundation on? The rock. Who is this guy? Who is this guy he's referring to? Go back to verse 47. Whoever comes to me and does what? Here's my sayings. Does them. Whoever comes to me, Jesus, the word, here's my what the Word says, hears my sayings, hears them. 
Can't just read them. Got to hear them. And does them. I'm going to show you whom he's like. So who's this person that we're referring to next like? The one who hears what he said, does what he said, right? He's like this man who is building a house. He dug deep and he laid a foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, say the flood arose, and the stream beat vehemently against the house, say the stream came. Notice, it could not shake it. It could not shake it because it was founded on what? On the rock, 49. But he who heard and did nothing. Is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was what? Great. It sounds like blessing and cursing to me. Yes. Are you listening? It, it sounds like good or evil to me. Is getting knocked out by storms good or evil? Evil. Did the storms come to both? Yes. But guess what? One who was doing what Jesus said built on a rock. And when the storms came, they weren't even shaken. Isn't that right? What were they building on? What he told them before that. What you treasure up in your heart in abundance is going to come out of your mouth. And James says what comes out of your mouth is going to determine your future. How many want to know whether you're going to stand when a storm comes or not? How are you going to know if you're going to stand when a storm comes or not? What are you treasuring in your heart? What are you building up in your heart? Because if you're speaking out of your mouth what is a good treasure, even when storms come, guess what? It won't change your confession. I said it won't change your confession. If you're not storing up the right words in your heart, here's how you know. When storms come, what do you sound like? When the storms of life hit, what comes out of your mouth automatically? Think of it this way. Take a sponge. You can take a brand new sponge, soak it up with good, clean, fresh water, right? And just let it sit there. But if you squeeze it, put pressure on it, right? That water's going to come out. But what if you soak up a bunch of nasty, dirty, gunky oil with it, and then you squeeze it, guess what's going to come out? The, na the nasty gunk. You listening? What you put in your heart in abundance... Doesn't mean you never hear bad stuff in the world. You're going to hear bad stuff just being in the world. But what you put in an abundance, that's what's going to come out. That's what you're going to speak. And what you speak is determining where your life is going in your future. If you want to see good things happen, you've got to understand that you don't just speak good when things are going good. Amen. Amen. What determines what's being stored up in my heart in abundance? Well, get under some pressure. Come on, have a battle come, have a challenge come, and you're going to find out exactly what you've been storing up in your heart. It's easy to say the Word of God when everything's going good, but when you get put under pressure, you're going to find out what's really in you. You're going to find out what you've really been storing up in you. And if you will hear what Jesus said and store up that in your heart in abundance, when the storm comes, you won't be shaken. You know why? Because you're going to say the right things. And because you say the right things, good will be the result. You will walk in victory, not defeat. The average Christian is walking in defeat because they won't store up good in them. And when the storms come, I mean, come on. I can't even tell you in all my life as a believer in 30 plus years, 33 plus years as a pastor, how many times I've sadly watched people get under pressure and under situations, and all of a sudden, man, their words simply talk about all the problems. About all the challenges, all the issues. Oh my God, what am I going to do? I got this, I got that, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you why you're doing that in that moment of time. Because you haven't stored up good in your heart. Amen. If you stored up good in your heart, what's going to come out when you're under pressure? Good. How do you know? The storm won't shake you. That's right. Storm will not shake you. Death and life's in the power of the tongue. When the storms come, you're speaking death or life. But you've already been speaking that before you got there. Can I get a better amen? So back to verse 45. A good man, one who wants to walk in that which is good. One who wants to walk in that which is good. Out of the good treasures of his heart, he stores up within his heart that which is good. And therefore he brings forth what? Good. How does he bring forth good? By what he speaks. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Amen. Amen. But the one who experiences evil, 
that which is not good, has treasured up in his heart that which is not good, and therefore he brings forth that which is not good. And he won't experience all things working together for good because he is speaking against what the Word of God says. Amos says this, How can two walk together unless they be agreed? How many want to walk together in the goodness of what God has for you? You got to agree with him. Right? So you get a bad report. You have a choice. Whose report are you going to believe? It doesn't mean we deny in the natural that that report may be true, but we have truth that will change what's true. And the problem is, if you're trying to mentally, this is what I want to get across. If you're trying to mentally assent to changing your words alone, you won't do it. Because it's out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth is going to speak. What's in there in abundance right now as you're getting put under pressure, you're finding out what you've been listening to the most of. You're finding out what you've been storing up the most of. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, understand this. You have to on purpose store up the Word of God. If you don't, you will automatically default to that which is bad. Because there's nothing in this world that obviously is going to come to you from this world that's of God. You have to intentionally pour in your heart that which is good. If you want in your heart that which is good, you have to intentionally do that. If you don't do that, if you don't change your environment. So number one, I want you to get these two points today. For me to walk out the plan of God and experience all that's good, what do I need to do? Number one, you got to fill your life up with the word of God. Period. You got to fill up your environment with the Word of God. You got to fill your car up with the Word of God. You got to fill your home up with the Word of God. You got to fill your life up with the Word of God. Get to church. What should you be listening to when you're at work if you can? Word of God. You should be listening to actually what the Bible teaches me and you. We have a right to as a child of God. If you're not filling up with the Word of God, what's going to come out of your mouth? Everything else. Because if you work out here in the world, guess what you're not hearing? You're not hearing the Word of God. Amen? Amen. I mean, unless you got a Christian employer and they're actually having the Word of God being piped into where you're at, okay, but most people don't. Most people working in the world are hearing the things of the world. So what do you got to do? Everything that you have available at your disposal in an environment that you control, you need to fill up with the Word of God if you want all things to work together for good. That just takes too much work. Okay, then you just default to not filling your life with the Word of God and quit blaming God for all the bad that's going to come in your life. Because your words are going to determine that and your words are determined by what you're storing up. Is Is it possible, Pastor, if I speak something once in a while, it could come to pass? Not if you don't believe it and speak it consistently. If you believe and speak consistently what God says, guess what you're going to get? What God says. Aren't you glad? If I made a, a fleshly moment of a, of a confession that wasn't good, and oh my gosh, now I've cursed my life, is that true? No, it's out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. What are you saying consistently? That's what's going to come to pass. That's what's going to come to pass. So realize, number one, I got to do what? Fill up with the Word of God. Look at your environment. Look at your environment. Look at your home environment. Look at your car. Look at everything in relationship to the environment you control around you. How often do you get to church? How often do you spend time just feeding on the teaching of the Word of God? I learned this early on as a believer. And if you don't, don't, you don't have to believe me, ask her. There's not a day in my life that goes by that I'm not filling my environment with the Word of God. There's not a day. There's not a single day. One of the greatest times you have to feed on the Word of God is when you're getting ready in the morning. Far better than listening to some type of music or something. Why listen to worship? I'm not against worship, but worship isn't filling you with the Word of God. Hearing the Word of God preached is how faith comes. Not hearing worship. There's no, there's no verse that tells you faith is built off of worship. Worship's good. It's a part of what we should have in our environment because it helps us focus on God. But what goes in my heart in abundance is either the Word of God or the Word of the world. Amen? It's so easy in the mornings when you're getting ready, especially if you got a smart device. It ain't hard to put on teaching from the Word of God and listen to that Word of God instead of just sitting there doing nothing, uh, shaving your face, you know, brushing your hair, brushing your teeth, you know. I mean, come on, man, putting on a little foof, you know. How about listening to the Word of God? See, if you start looking at your environment of where you're at, are you filling it with the Word of God or not? Because if you're not, that's not getting in you. 
It's not getting in you. I don't just listen to the Word of God preached uh, every day when I get ready, man. I, I listen to every week that I can. I listen to every message my pastor preaches from his home church. With technology today, there's no reason I can't. No reason I can't. I mean, today we have no excuse. Say no excuse. We have no excuse for not filling ourselves with the Word of God. You kidding me? Who much given, much, much is required. God's given us this technology today. You can fill your life with the Word of God if you choose to. Aren't you glad? So, number one, you got to do what? You got to fill up with the Word of God. God's Word is life. Right? It is life, Proverbs 4, and it is medicine to all our flesh. Think about that. So if we're filling up on the Word of God, what's going to come out of my mouth? The Word of God. Go to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. And to fill up on the Word of God, you, might, you need to start looking at your environment. You again, I said it earlier, I'm going to say it again. You again have to do the work necessary, the diligence to change what your words are coming out of your mouth. If you don't do the diligence to fill your heart with the Word of God, God's Word will not come out of your mouth. It will not. You will continue to speak according to the flesh. See, it, here's another thing about the tongue. So what if I'm not feeding on the Word of God? Do you think, because you're born again, say you're not feeding on the Word of God, you're not maybe necessarily sitting around listening to you know a bunch of sinners talk or whatever, but you're not feeding on God's Word. Do you really think the Word's going to come out of your mouth just because you're born again? No. no, it won't. What will come out of your mouth? Something's going to come out of your mouth. What will come out of your mouth? Evil. Evil will. James said so. He said your tongue is evil. So I can't tame my tongue... Because I can't tame my tongue, what, can I, what, what must I do? I must make sure that I have an abundance of God's Word in my heart so that will come out of my mouth. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. You cannot just think, I'm going to change my words without filling up on the Word of God. You cannot think, you cannot go out here, start your car and just keep driving it as far as you want to drive it without stopping and filling it up with gas. If you don't fill it up with gas, guess what? It ain't going to get you where you want to go. Amen. And you cannot think that God's going to fill your life with good if you don't fill up on the Word of God and start speaking God's Word. Amen. But if you do, guess what can happen? All things can work together for your good. So number one, say it, fill up with the Word of God. Feed or say, you can say, fill up, feed on the Word of God, whatever you want to say, but you got to fill up on the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 10, are you there? Hebrews chapter 10, look at this. Hebrews, this was so good Wednesday night. I wish you were here Wednesday night, or at least got it. Verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Listen to this, underline it, without wavering. Without wavering. Notice this, for he, God, who promised is what? He's faithful. What's he faithful to do, church, that we learned on Wednesday night? What's God faithful to do? He's faithful to bring it to pass. His word will not return to him void. What did we learn Wednesday night about our high priest? Who's your high priest? Jesus says. What does a high priest do? They minister on behalf of the one that comes to them. Aaron ministered on, on behalf of the people by going into the Holy Holies, right? Talking to God on behalf of the people. What does your high priest do, Jesus? He goes to the Father and he talks to the Father on your behalf. If you're speaking in line with the Word of God. Amen. We saw many verses on this. When you speak in line with the Word of God, what happens? Your high priest now has something. To take before the Father, come on, and present to the Father, and now the Father's word has returned to him. And it won't return what? It won't return void. It will accomplish now what God sent it to do. Because you put it into motion. Your words put it into motion. Can I get a better amen? So here's a similar verse telling us in the book of Hebrews 10 that we're to hold fast this confession of our hope. Without what? Wavering. So it means you better not speak the word of God once in a while and then keep speaking like the word, 
a world another, uh, the rest of the time because that's going to affect your life as well. You can't waver in this if you want to expect, if you want to experience what God has for your life. Good. Let us hold fast the confession of what? Our hope. Let's deal with that first. The word hope here means it's a type of faith, actually. The word hope here means a confident expectation of good. What I say will come. What I say will happen. It will. Not like I hope, I hope so. No, I know it will because I know God's word works. You're supposed to hold fast to a confession, knowing as I say it, that is now coming to pass. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. What are you supposed to do with that kind of confession? Hold on to it. Yes. Meaning what? You don't ever stop confessing and saying what God says. Amen. You hold on to this confession of hope. Why? Without wavering, for he, God, who promised is what? Faithful. He'll perform his word. He'll see to it that it's fulfilled. God has to have something to work with because this is how he set it up. Words set on fire the course of your future. When you speak in line with God's word consistently, you give God something to work with. God will fulfill what he promised if you say it in faith. If you believe it in your heart and speak it with your mouth, it will come to pass. But if you believe what the world says and speak it with your mouth, there is somebody in this world who will see to it that that comes to pass. His name's the devil and demons, and they'll oblige you. So understand, even your body, realize this. I've watched this all my life as a pastor and as a believer. Your words are so powerful. Listen, when people come to the place in life where they say, I'm going to retire now and do nothing. Guess what your body begins to do? Shut down. Shut down. Why? Because you begin to speak words, what you believe in your heart, that I'm now going to retire and do nothing. So you know what your body just said? We're now being told we're doing nothing. I could use many examples of many people that I know in life. I'm going to use one example of my dad. My dad, I'm telling you, to look at my dad and know my dad's life and know that he's still alive today and living and kicking and breathing and doing stuff is amazing when you think about this guy's life. Once an alcoholic, thank God no more. Has smoked almost all his life. One habit that he hasn't been able to kick. He has been in car wrecks. He has been in all kinds of stuff all through his life. And he's still alive and kicking and work and living and, and breathing today. And I'm going to tell you why. Because even though he retired from a business, he never retired from working. Amen. He doesn't do a job. He don't go for pay. But you know, my dad, he instilled this in me. All right. My dad wakes up every day. And if he doesn't do something that day. If he doesn't get something done that day, he feels bad. Feels like I wasted a day. Kathy can tell, on my day off, it's hard for me to sit on my day off and do nothing. I feel like I got to do, I got to at least, you know, clean a bathroom, you know, mow the, I got to do something because if I don't, I wasted a day. Well, guess what? When you live with that mentality, I got to do something today. Guess what? Your body's being told by your own words. We got to keep functioning. That's right. We got to keep working. Come on, somebody. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Don't get wrong about what I'm saying. But I'm going to tell you as a believer, you got to get this revelation in your heart. If I all of a sudden say, I am now disabled and I'm handicapped, guess what your body does? Your body starts responding to that. Your words set on fire the course of your nature. Well, if that's true and your words are bringing your body under control... Come on, your words are dictating to your body what to do. I read it to you out of James. And if all of a sudden I take this mentality, I'm retired now, doing nothing, I'm not going to wake up, I'm not going to have anything to do with my life, just sit around, watch TV, and just do nothing. Your body begins to shut down. Your body begins to weaken. Because your body believes what you say. Your words are bringing your body under its control. Come on, somebody. Understand the power of this. If you and I will hold fast to our confession of what? Hope, meaning what? A faith-filled confession expecting what I say to come to pass. Guess what? He who actually gave you those words is faithful to do what he promised. It'll work. I said it'll work. Number two. Say number two you got a purpose to speak the Word of God. 
You have to purpose to speak God's Word. One, you got to fill your heart with the Word, but number two, you got to purpose to speak it. Because if you don't, guess what? Again, guess what's going to come out of your mouth? Things you shouldn't be saying. So I do have to purpose with my words to speak what God says. If I purpose with my words to speak what God says, I look at my life and I look at what I want to have come to pass based on the Word of God, and guess what I do? If I purpose to speak God's words, what God's Word says, guess what I got to do? Go find verses that tell me what He who promised is faithful to bring it to pass has promised. And when I go find out what He's promised and I start speaking those words on purpose... Come on, holding fast my profession. He is faithful to see that it comes to pass. You want to walk in health? Speak words of health according to the Bible. You want to walk in healing? Speak words of healing according to the Bible. They're God's promise to you. You want to walk in blessing and provision? Speak God's promise of blessing and provision. Don't speak doubt and lack. Oh, I just doubt God could help us. We just lack everything. I don't know how we're ever going to get anything. And you never will. Because your words are causing you to walk out what you're speaking. Amen. I mean, we taught this years ago. I'm going to close with it. We taught this years ago to our church when we first got started. And there was a guy in our church at the time, and it was actually a real downtime in our economy, who got a hold of this. And he said, Pastor, this is really true. This is how powerful words are. I said, read it for yourself. And it was a downtime in the economy, and he was struggling financially. And you know what he did? He began to say, I'm a tither. I'm a giver. God's going to bless me. God said he'll bless me, so I'm going to be blessed. Because God said he would. So I'm a tither. Jesus' name. I thank God I'm not under the curse. I thank God I'm blessed. And he started doing this for several months. And all of a sudden, he come to me and said, you're not going to believe this. I said, sure I am. I'm a believer. He said, out of the blue, no kidding, my boss came to me, never even said a word to him. Our finances and our business aren't better. Everybody's struggling, even the business I work for. But our boss came to me and said, listen to this, I don't know why, but I'm going to give you a raise. You know why? Because he was saying, I'm blessed. I'm a tither. God takes care of me. God blesses me. God does what he says. I'm not under this economy situation going on. I am blessed. God provides for my family. And lo and behold, without even asking for it, God, through his boss, gives him a raise. Does that mean all of our bosses will give us a raise? Maybe not. But God has many ways to bless you. But the point I'm trying to make is I will promise you that wouldn't have happened had he not been speaking. Because your words, as the Bible says, and we talked about it Wednesday night, your words affect your environment. What's around you? What's going on around you? That can have an effect on other people. Come on, somebody. So today I want you to get this in this vital part of this series. To live according to God's plan, number three... Walking out what's good, we got to deal with our words, right? Three things we got to do to see all things work together for good. Pray in the Spirit, love God, obey Him, and live according to His plan. And to do that, you got to deal with what? Your words. So to deal with my words, there's two key things I must do if I want to see what God wants to have as good come to pass in my life. What must I do? Fill, number one, fill up on the Word of God. Three things you got to do for all things to work together for good. Pray in the Spirit, love God, walk according to His plan. If you're walking according to His plan, you're dealing with your words. So in dealing with your words, number one, I got to fill up with the Word of God. Feed on it. Fill your environment. Change your environment with the Word of God. And number two, purpose. Say purpose. purpose. Purpose to speak God's Word. Purpose to remind yourself to do it. Give yourself reminders to do it. Even remember the day when everybody had three by five cards and had the Word of God in their bathroom? And the, Where did that go? Where did it go? Why did that disappear? Because I will promise you that was working for a period of time and then all of a sudden we ditched all that stuff and then wondered why we've gone backwards. You got to do whatever it takes to purpose in your heart to speak the Word of God. And when you know what God has promised, you got to now on purpose go to those verses and start decreeing those verses over your life. If you want health and healing, how many know you need to, be, you need to speak healing verses? I want to live out my life in health and healing. Guess what's in the back of my Bible? Guess what I put in the back of my Bible? Healing verses. 
I have to purpose to speak them, just like you, if you want it to work for you. It don't work just because God said by his stripes you're healed. It works because you purpose to put it in your mouth and decree it. And therefore God will see to it that it comes to pass. Your high priest Jesus will take that before the Father and say, Hey Father, hey come on, your son Daryl, he's doing good today. Here's what he's saying. Here's what he's saying back to you. And the Father says, now I got something I can bring to pass. Now my word can go to work because he's now brought my word back to me. And because he has, I can now bring that word to pass in his life. So understand, folks, if you're not speaking what God says, your words are still working. They're either good or evil. And most Christians don't realize the reason their words aren't lining up with God. Check your environment. Look at your environment. You can say, well, I don't have any bad stuff that I'm listening to. Okay, so just be idle and think that your mouth's going to speak good. Not going to happen. You got to fill your heart with good. And that's why you got a purpose to fill your environment with the Word of God. This isn't just going to neutral. Right? This isn't just going to neutral and say, well, at least I don't have anything bad going on in my life. But how often do you listen to the Word? Not very often. And I'll tell you, if you don't fill your heart with the Word, it's not going to come out. And if it don't come out, good will not come to pass. But all things can work together for good. We pray that you are blessed by the message Pastor Baker shared with you today. For more spiritual resources that can help you in your walk with God, or to invite Pastor Baker as a guest speaker, just go to our website at cffchurch.com. You will find additional teachings by video, audio, and printed resources that will be a blessing to you. May God's very best be yours.